It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, December 9th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is getting ready for Flyers after dark, Russ. We're going west. We're the show that never sleeps. Exactly. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with the incredible Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnFlyers. That's where you'll keep track of our latest episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. We are going to talk about the beginnings of the Western swing in December uh, with games against Vegas and Arizona. We've got some Flyers news to talk about, as well as you know some follow-up from that last game against Washington. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Hit that subscribe button uh, or catch us over on YouTube. We are there as well. Russ, in the pregame for the Washington game, John Tortorella spoke about the defensive pairings. And we talked about it on yesterday's show in terms of balancing the need to keep them consistent when they're playing well defensively and they need that in order to win some games versus rotating in some of the younger guys. And, you know, he was having some issues trying to balance that. But for now, he was keeping the the pairings consistent. As a result, he was going to send Zamula down to Lehigh Valley to get him some minutes uh, because he hasn't played in a little bit. And he was going to bring up a defenseman from Lehigh Valley in order to cover that seventh D spot on the road trip. We found out yesterday that defenseman is Cam York. So uh, what's your take on that? I'm still going to go with, you know, my conspiracy theory that they're going to start putting York in there because they might trade Sanheim. I'm going to uh, I'm going to keep doing that because it's Oof. like I said it's an easy replace. They need to um they need to do something with this lineup. There's guys names out there like Brock Besser and otherwise that are rumored to be traded. The salaries are pretty close, although Besser is a little higher, so maybe um mm-hmm. work that out. But I'm just saying as an example, those are you know, the kinds of trades they have to kind of explore if he's not going to work out in a John Tortorella system, you, you know, even if you have to sweeten that deal, which you probably would have to, uh, maybe that's what you do to get a bona fide goal scorer because even even in, in reset mode, they're still going to need more goal scoring. It doesn't matter. Cam Atkinson can come back. Everybody can come back. There are broken parts to this team that I don't think are correctable without change. I don't disagree with your overall assessment. I just don't know that this is the action that's going to be taken in terms of trading somebody kind of that high on the pecking order defensively. I mean, I know you have to trade something to get something, but 
I, I also, I mean, I want to believe in my heart of hearts that Chuck Fletcher doesn't want to get booed anymore for the deals that he makes. And so he's going to be a little bit more t- of a tough negotiator, I think, this time around, because I think he's tired of getting criticized. Now, that could be completely false. That is just my conjecture. Mm-hmm. But I would hope that that's how he feels right now. Um, and I think, you know, a trade between two teams that aren't doing well to try and jumpstart both of them is a realistic thing. I mean, it happens yep. all the time, you know, in the Besser situation here. But, um, yeah, I I just don't think I'm ready for them to, to make that kind of, of move yet. But I do hope that Cam York does get playing time Me too. On, on this trip because to bring him up and have him sit, I think, would be just as big a mistake as having Zamula sit the whole time. I think that if you're really bringing somebody up to, you know, sit in the press box as a seventh D like that's not who you call up. So they better be giving him an opportunity. I would think there's at least a game, maybe two that they will throw him in. Uh, That's just my thought. So that's good. Probably Arizona. I'm thinking could be Vegas. It could be Vegas because Vegas has a, uh, you know, they've, they've a lot of speed. And at least if you put York in there, you can um, do better speed wise. If you take out Braun as an example. So, you know, that's something where they might look at that. So I, I think he'll definitely get one game though. That's, that's my hope. And look, I mean, if he does well, well, I, I just say, why avoid the inevitable? If those things are out there and you can do them because we have to acknowledge the frustration level on this team is great. It doesn't matter that John Tortorella is there. They are, you know, Travis Connecty said they are tired of losing or he's tired of losing. So, and he, and so if he's, and he's having one of the better seasons. So just imagine so how, how some of the other guys feel. So that's the problem here because they're not a tanking team. They're not going to take this easily. And that is a way of fixing a problem or trying to fix. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, again, I, I think you know, for the purposes of this Zimula York situation, I'm kind of annoyed that it's an either or situation. I know, I know. To be a both. I'm with you. Um, on that. You know, and, and, you know, we have said that, at least I have said, maybe you've disagreed with me, but that I think that Cam York needed a little bit more time. In Lehigh Valley, I'm not angry about the call up. I, you know, I think it's fine in the grand scheme of things. Um, but in a perfect scenario, I think it would have like been another couple of weeks just to get some more consistency. Um, but again, if he's only going to play like you know one or two games, I think it's good to get him in at the NHL level. I mean, again, just because there's trade stuff in the air, you know, maybe teams need to see Cam York too. Like you just never know. You don't know who's gonna. Yeah. You know, who's going to stay, who's going to go, depending on what level of player you might be talking about. Uh, I know there's some fans that won't want to do any trades. I get it. But Fletcher is probably not going to go that route because he is going to try and um, fix it. He's in the hot seat. Yeah, he's in the hot seat. So he's going to try and do something. Uh, It's, you know, the one of the things that's right now that's that's tough on this team is you have a coach that's preaching, do everything you can, play every minute hard, whatever. And. The Flyers didn't do that the other night in the six on five because that second goal, they, it was just like, they, you know, it just, they didn't, you know, they didn't even try hard. We didn't see anybody diving to try and stop Alex Ovechkin from scoring that goal. The second one, 
You know what I mean? Like there are teams that will dive. They will take shots to the neck. They'll take shots to the arm so the other team doesn't get the empty net goal. We didn't see any of that from the Flyers for either right. of the empty net goals. And so that tells me that they are getting run down in games a little bit. And, you know, I don't want to say they're throwing their hands up, but there are some guys that were on this team before that have seen this before. And at least, you know, Konechny's it's the not, mentality. It's a mentality. Just... It is. And, and you know, yeah. give credit to Konechny. He, um, whether it was right or wrong, and I think it was mostly wrong starting up with Ovechkin for the second empty net goal, but it shows mm-hmm. he cares. So, so that's good. Um, but Indeed. he was the only one that was acting that way, you know? So it's like, you know, you, you look at, you know, you have to look at things like that and say, all right, you know, if he's one of the team leaders, that's good. But how do the other guys feel? And I, I don't think they feel so great right now. Yeah. It seems like they're keeping all of those feelings behind closed doors, yes. at least for the moment. And, you know, maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't, but I think that that's certainly what's happening. Cause I can't imagine that more of them aren't frustrated yeah. and they just in the torts world aren't going to say anything publicly. Like it's just not in their best interest to do so. Right. But um, you know, speaking of uh, torts, he did have something interesting to say uh, around the Washington game when he was asked about optional skates mm-hmm. and players participating or not. And it's really fascinating because he's a guy that demands hard work and demands sacrifice and then also says, if we're having an optional skate, don't come. And it's kind of hard to like reconcile those two for me a little bit, because if you want you know, somebody giving 110%, but they're not on the ice putting in the extra work, I, I think in hockey, that's what we define mm-hmm. as putting in the work that you do extra skates, you know, you stay after practice and, you know, but then he says at a press conference, you know, I'm telling these guys not to get on the ice, but they feel like they have to for what hockey culture and routine and all of these things. But he, he seemed to think that it caused harm over the course of a long season, that it's too much on their bodies. Well, I mean, so what's going to cause more harm? That, the question you have to ask is, is that going to cause more harm going on the ice, keeping their routine, giving them something to do or giving them this extra free time that they clearly don't want in between games and wondering what they're going to do in that free time or even just creating anxiety. Uh, You know, this is a way for guys to get the anxiety out. So I'm okay with the optional skate because I feel like some of these guys are such creatures of habit that they want to go to that rink. Like that is their safe place. That's what they know how to do. Like you said, sometimes they're working on stuff. Sometimes it's just what feels normal when you're on the road. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's habit. It's the culture that they're brought up in that, you know, this is what you do to get to the NHL and to stay in the NHL. You got to work on things that you pick something every day to work on. And, you know, that that's just what these guys do. Like if you're in the Stanley Cup and it's the off day, I get it. Don't go to optional skate (laughs) Yeah, because it's the end of the year. Like this is it. You know, you need every little. But they're not in that situation right now. So. I, I wouldn't stop them from doing it, me personally. All right. Well, we've got uh, two games this weekend facing the Vegas Golden Knights tonight and the Yotes on Sunday night. We are going to preview those matchups coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline.net 
is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports, and of course the NHL. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those bet on, on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. You can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, Vegas is in a real tough spot right now because, you know, they just got demolished by the Rangers on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. where the Rangers were in a precarious situation. And this game was fascinating to me for many reasons. It was. I was watching it. I tried to watch it as much as the blackout rules tried to stop me. Let's put it that way. Yeesh, that was a whole mess. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, the Rangers coming out, you know, with a decisive five to one victory was really telling, I think, for both teams. Um, Vegas had won in Detroit. They ended Boston's home streak win, but they're kind of leveling out right now. They're five, four mm-hmm. and one in their last 10. Um, and they have some guys out right now, or at least as of recording, they didn't have Jack Eichel in that game against the Rangers. Uh, he did not practice yesterday. Alex Petrangelo is still out with a family issue. He's been uh, given leave for that. Right. And Brett, Brett Howden was out of practice as well. Now, you know, Howden could be coming back. He just got kind of banged up in that Rangers game. But I, I still think that this is a, de- a slightly depleted and really like not well put together Vegas team right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, they brought up Paul Cotter, who I'd seen play before and can be a goal scorer. He had a two-goal game a few games ago. Uh, He's a guy that's kind of like built like a bowling ball, but he's faster than you think and he's stronger than you think. So he's he could be a dangerous guy. They've put him in there. The interesting thing is Logan Thompson got very frustrated against the Rangers, but he's had a great season. Like this Mm -hmm. guy, he's been a big reason they are where they are. Uh, no matter who's been in the lineup or out of the lineup. Uh, he plays very aggressive, too. So in order to to really get past Logan Thompson, you're going to have to do a lot of passing. You're going to have to right. do those tic-tac-toe kind of plays. You're going to have to really use your skill level to to get goals, you know, pucks past him. Uh, Riley Smith is a guy you really have to watch out for. He's their second most dangerous player because – He's got speed and he's got, you know, he's a goal scoring touch already on the power play. He's got three shorthanded goals on the penalty kill and the Flyers always do give up those kinds of chances and opportunities. So, you know, that's another guy that you really um, have to keep an eye out for. Yeah. And that whole second line, I mean, I think a, a pattern with me is I look at second lines yeah, yeah. As, the, as the barometer for what to think of a team, because if they can put together a rock star second line, you know, they're a dangerous team overall and they're going to have depth. And so that line that has Riley Smith on it, um, centered by William Carlson with Marcheseau, like you look at their point totals for the season, it's 21, 18 and 18 in points for the, for the three of them. They're all really good. 
Yeah, super dangerous. And that's their second line. Now, again, Jack Eichel is out. He's the top line center. Um, things could adjust a, a little bit. They put Chandler Stevenson up there yeah. in, in the last game. I don't know if that worked out for them. Well, entirely. it works on faceoffs. That's another thing that's right. going to be hard for the Flyers because he's a faceoff shark. Yes, he is. Uh, but in terms of the offense, I, it didn't. Yeah, it, it, you it lose a little. Exact... He, you do. You lose it. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to keep that as it is for the game against the Flyers. I think they will. Um, I think they'll keep Stevenson up there. Yeah, it could be. Uh, but again, like they just have the depth. I mean, and then, of course, there's Phil Kessel hanging out on the third line, just doing yep. Phil Kessel things. Right. Yeah. And Colasar is there to just keep mm-hmm. Colasar to start fights. Um, they're capable of doing that too. So, you know, they have all the things the, the Flyers do. What the Flyers have to do is, you know, get under Logan Thompson's skin in a way, not so much, um, you know, with the stick or what you say, but being in the crease and taking his eyes away and those kinds of things. I mean, JVR is back now, so it should be another guy going to the net. Um, so that's, you know, that should be a help. And try and get out, you know, with a lead early. I mean, that's, that's something where I think Vegas, at least little games that I've watched, they're susceptible to as well. Yeah. And hold on to it. Um, you know, well, hold on as- to it. That's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, one thing that's interesting about Vegas is uh, they don't commit a lot of penalties overall. They're no. 30, they're 30th in the league in penalties which is really good just for comparison the flyers have 335 penalty minutes this season vegas 197 that is an incredible differential at this point well there was a march to the penalty box last game for the flyers so they they can't do that again no no they can they cannot i mean if i'm the coach i'm telling everybody listen you commit two of those you're not playing the rest of the game like just forget about it Flyers are better on the PK than Vegas is actually mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. But um, I, I think that, you know, Vegas isn't in the box very much. So your power play opportunities are going to be limited. So you have to take advantage of them and you have to stay out of the box. Right. And you're on the road and you're in a place like Vegas. That's easy distraction. And mm-hmm. those things are, are out there too. So it, it makes this game difficult. It does. This is, this is going to be a tough one. This would be a good one. Like, hey, uh, if they want to kind of show um, their coach that they are getting it, you know, beating a team like this would be good. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And it's just going to be one of those cases where they have to have extreme attention to detail, not make those mistakes or figure out how to fix those mistakes very quickly so it doesn't turn into a shot on goal. Whatever. Some of them were communication. Like we said, that six yeah. on five where I don't know if it's JVR's fault because he, you know, doesn't know that pass is coming, didn't receive it well, whatever. But, you know, you got to have real good communication with this team because the one thing Vegas has is a lot of these players have been there and played together before. And that second line is all continuity. They've all played together mm-hmm. before for a while now. So that's, you know, the more continuity you have, the danger, more dangerous a team could be. And again, like we were talking about in the last segment, I think Torts is kind of having this internal battle of consistency versus yes. you know, rotating guys through. And I think against a team like Vegas, he's going to go with what works the best. I, I just don't see him approaching it any other way, which is why I, I don't think Cam York is going to get in until Arizona. No, I get your philosophy on that. I just think you kind of want to be faster against them, but maybe not. I don't know. I think it's kind of a coin toss for that one, honestly. it is. 
uh, in terms of trying to predict what um, what they will do for this one. But I, I do think that especially depleted Vegas is beatable. We saw the Rangers do it yep. in in a not ideal situation for them. They really are kind of mid-league in a lot of stats if you look at their numbers and so but they get the job done that's the one thing that is true and that was kind of the end of my sentence is like that they find but they find ways to win um so the flyers have to figure out how to you know take advantage of vegas's mistakes and i think limit their high danger shot opportunities because that's where they're really good you know, offensively, that's where they're best is like getting to those spaces that are high yes. chances. And so that's kind of the thing that they should focus on from a defensive perspective. Yeah. And don't lose like Phil Kessel on the ice and leave him open, you know, like, yeah, you know, he <laughs> could easily just have a hat trick, even though he did nothing for a week. Exactly. Exactly. That That is what I define as Phil Kessel things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, after that, they play Arizona and we will talk about the Yotes coming up next. So the Arizona Coyotes are pretty sneaky, I think, where, you know, they're they're not good. Let's be real. They're on a six game losing streak. Although they had a massive road trip, like they're finally home. Yeah. And their home is turning out to be a lot more fun and like cooler than people would have expected. Yeah, not for the road team though. If you look no. at the setup, no, I think John's going to hate it. Well, in terms of the behind the scenes setup, sure, but in terms of the fan experience, you know, it's a little yeah. bit more of a college experience. Yes. Obviously, being at Arizona State, and so there's a little bit more noise and chants mm-hmm. and cheering. So it has like a different atmosphere than the Flyers are used to. I think, and and that could rattle them a little bit. Um, But yeah, I think, man, the Yotes are struggling, but they're not in last place in their division. That honor belongs to Chicago. So um, there's, uh, there's always worse, I guess. (laughs) Well, they're, you know, they're not a bad home team. I I haven't looked, their record's pretty decent for what I remember. So you have to work off of that. I mean, for Vedmelka, for had to have a nine twelve save percentage is remarkable, actually, considering yeah, what the so. team's been through. So he's a guy that could face a lot of shots. They have a you know Brown and somebody else between the two. They have over eighty block shots, like they yeah. block a lot of shots. So that's something else where you have to be wary of that and go around those guys if they're you know gonna bl- try and block it ahead of time before you shoot. Or, you know, you're going to have to pass around those guys. You've got to find the open shot against this team because they're going to try and block everything. They're not afraid to block. So that's something, you know, you got the speed of like Clayton Keller. You've got the Lawson Krause who can play great in this in the uh, crease and, and really get dirty goals. You know, there's Dylan Gunther who's yet to really find his way but certainly is capable of, of scoring goals. And Michelli is... Right now, he's in the Calder race. Like he, he's a guy I watched at the um, the rookie photo shoot this summer, and I could tell something changed in him. And all of a sudden, like he's faster, his shots look better. He always was a pretty good offensive player, but everything just looked better. And he's he's a dangerous guy too. So they're getting it from younger and older. Even though we, it's easy for us to kind of say, yeah, they're not great. A lot of that was all of a sudden that all because of the road too. So I think. I think the home version of this team is going to be, you know, a decent opponent here. Yeah. And, 
you know, again, my second line barometer here, you already talked about two of the three of them in Krauss and Masali, and then you have Bukestad uh, centering yeah. them. And I, I, that is not a, a bad second line. Like that is a solid. No, Bukestad's big. He's yeah. a big guy that's to have to handle. So you're right. I mean, your second line thing is actually a good way of t telling. And, you know, they do have a drop off a little bit after that. But right. again, Dylan Gunther someday won't be a drop off. So you just don't want to leave him too far open. Um, but you're right. That second line is a lot to handle. And so maybe that is the game that Cam York gets in. I don't know. Obviously, I want to talk about Shane Goss' despair because yeah. uh, he's our old friend and we had to pay to get, to get Arizona to take him, which was very tragic because of cap reasons. And lo and behold, he's had a, a really nice career resurgence there. He's second on the team in points with 18, which is more than a lot of flyers forwards. Uh, right now so let's be but he doesn't have any that. pressure and he does and he doesn't have a lot of defensive responsibilities there so i do think they're I using think him still the way he needs to be used and it's being like, successful that's I true think, for him there. Well, that's that's fair but i also feel like he was struggling in philly at the end even though he said he wasn't just because he wanted to do well and his shot wasn't working and so he does have those things working and you're right at this point this is how you have to play him and so is he dangerous yeah he's dangerous because mm -hmm. You know he's gonna get he's gonna get two or three big blasts on net, and that's not on the power play. So you got to really another reason to keep off the power play because this team does have somebody that goes to the net. They do have a great point shot in him, and they have Clayton Keller, who's also can be a bit of a sniper at times too. So you know, watch out. Yeah, and I I think that Sandstrom is going to get the start for this one. So yeah, I think I, so. You know, the defense has to play slightly differently than they would with Carter mm -hmm. Hart there. So that's something to consider. Um, I also want to talk about Jacob Chikrin because, mm -hmm. you know, he recently returned to the team. And uh, so far, so good, man. I mean, he is the constant trade rumor around oh, Arizona, yeah. Arizona, right? And, you know, they want to get a huge haul for him, but he's been out. And so, you know, he really you know, for himself and for Arizona, I think need to produce. And so far, so good. Uh, eight games played, three goals, four assists. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, his offense is there. He can be physical at times. So, yeah, you've got to watch out for him too. Like that's another offensive defenseman that you really have to watch out for. And to have two of those guys, right. that's what I'm saying. That's, that's why on paper – the Coyotes are actually a little better than what their record has been. That's why I think at home this could be a, a more dangerous game. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, that's why I call them tricky and sneaky yeah. because you never know when they're going to pull out just a dominant game and, and their shot is, is going well. And they can do it. They have done it this season. Um, it just, you know, not that often. So it's their record. Yeah, but I say if you're the Flyers, you know, come out with one of two wins or at least points in both. Exactly. I think that is super important. Uh, we'll see how they do. We are going to recap these games for you on Monday show. Plus we will have our new nemesis of the week. God, I love that we get new weeks every week to name a new nemesis. It just warms my cold dead Will heart. we ever run out of nemesis? Or <laughs> Never. Nemesis? Probably Never. Not. Never. Not in Flyers land. All right. Uh, as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. We do a mailbag segment almost every week. So send in your questions via Twitter 
or Instagram at Locked On Flyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Uh, For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts.